Wings of Faith. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Trapper, and I invite you to join me as we go through powerful life lessons from Shah Habitachim based on the Shiorim of Rav Usher Zeli Grubenstein, Zafir Tzadik Levracha. Wings of Faith, Essay 25, What Leads to Bitachon. This begins Shah Habitachim, Chapter 3, Prerequisites for Bitachon and Man's Obligation of Hishtavos. Chovos Alvavos. When five prerequisite facts are clear in your mind, this leads to a complete bitachon and reliance on Hashem. They are, number one, Hashem has the seven traits listed in chapter two above. Number two, Hashem knows if your heart is relying on him or not. Number three, you must trust in Hashem alone and no one else. Number four, you must put in your full effort to accomplish all that Hashem expects of you. Number five, Hashem generally works through nature, and thus his shtadlis to achieve parnasa is expected to be carried out. Ravasher. We work on seeing Yad Hashem, his guidance, every day. I have a Chavrusa, with whom I learned Shar Bitachon, and we just completed it and began learning Darke Abitachon in Sefer Madregas Adam. Our work in Bitachon is about growing each day. Rabbi Yosel Horowitz, the altar of Navardic, brings a story in Madregas Adam that there was once a Yid who was training himself in Bitachon. He was learning Torah at night when his candle burned out. Suddenly, a stranger walked in and dropped off a candle. The man was unrecognized and untraceable. The Yid continued to learn and saw that Hashem had inexplicably taken care of his needs, ensuring that he would have light. The students wrote in a footnote that this story took place with the altar of Nevardic himself. See Appendix 1, Madragas Adam, page 185-7. through 7. It is interesting that the Yamshel Shlomo writes about a similar miracle that occurred for him regarding his Ner Mitzvah. The story with the altar of Nevardic continues. When he finished learning that night, he put out the candle and saved the tiny stub which remained as an os, a sign, to remind him of what Hashem did for him. For 25 years, he would show it to people and say, Hashem took care of me and sent me a candle because I was learning his Torah. One day, a fire broke out in his home and that stub was destroyed, among the larger damage that occurred. The altar's first reaction was sadness over losing the candle. Later, however, he said that he understood the message. Hashem burned it to teach me a most important lesson. I had kept it as a sign of the miracle, but Hashem was saying to me, shame on you for putting so much emphasis on this miracle candle when it should be taken for granted that Hashem takes care of you without any limitations. There shouldn't be anything novel about whether the care comes naturally or supernaturally. That is why it burned. See Tenuasa Musar, Volume 4, page 275. Another story told is that the altar Navardic had a small basement where he would go to perform his spodidus, secluded introspection. Revyol Bramchik, his student, arrived together with him to this place where they planned to sleep overnight after studying Musar together. They normally slept on the ground, but it was an unusually cold winter night, and the Talmud asked, Rebbe, we cannot sleep on the ground, what are we going to do? The altar replied, we will do what others do to keep warm. We need to get straw. How are we going to get straw in the middle of the night? Don't worry, Hashem will take care of us. As soon as they walked out, they saw an old farmer, who was a straw dealer, returning home from a long day. He had two portions of straw left, which he had failed to sell that day. The two parties met, and the owner of a straw knew he would be able to exploit their need, so he jacked up the price for the straw. The Talmud thought that it was enough of a miracle, as it was, to have straw, even at the high price requested. But the altar offered the man the exact market value for both straw piles. The Talmud felt himself getting upset inside, and thought that his Rebbe was carrying the Mophase too far. Sure enough, though, the salesman gave in, and the altar purchased a straw for the proper price. Rebbe, how did you do that? asked the Talmud. I knew that if Hashem sent me this messenger to provide our beds, we would not have to pay more than the market value either. The altar was in touch with his relationship with and bitachon and Hashem, and he acted upon it. Chobos Halbabos, fact one of seven. 
Amuna means knowing that Hashem has all seven traits listed above, chapter 2. We will review the seven traits here at length and show how Hashem possesses all of them to the greatest degree. Trait 1 of 7. Hashem has more mercy on you than any human being can ever have. Any mercy and compassion that exists in mankind is only by means of Hashem instilling it in man and allowing it to exist. As it says, Devarim 13.18, He will grant you mercy, and you will thus be merciful. Rabasher, I remember learning this for the first time while in yeshiva over 50 years ago. What powerful words! We would read it over and over again until the words sunk in. First read the words of Ibn Tibbun in Hebrew, and then read the Lev Tov to make sure you understood the expressions, and then go back to the original Hebrew of Ibn Tibbun and bring it to your heart. Musr is made up of the actual words of Musr and the Hislavas, the excitement and inspiration of the concepts. I personally find that only Ibn Tibbin's words produce the latter. This past year, Kali Yisrael lost so many great people. We lost our own Rav Yosel Tzainvert, Sechret Salak who gave shiurim in our yeshiva. He once told me a classic story. Someone asked the chassan, how will you support yourself? The chassan answered, Hashem is the provider who takes care of all. He will provide for us and all of our needs. And if worse comes to worse, I have a rich uncle. That's not called bitachon. The chassan's trust and reliance is on his uncle alone. He was simply parroting what his parents and Rabbeim taught him. Ramban Shemos 6.2 explains that Hashem does not perform open miracles, nisim gluyim, but rather he runs the world through nisim nistarim, hidden miracles. Our job is to see Hashem guiding our lives and to recognize how all that he brings upon us is for the best. Rabbi Rothstein Shlita told over a story which he used to bring out a powerful point. He had a cousin named Chaim who in 1930 was a star of his school production, playing the part of a legendary Chazan, Yasala Rosenblatt, 1882-1933. through 1933. Although Chaim had a nice singing voice, he certainly did not compare it to the Chazan, and Tova School used a recording of Yasala, while Chaim simply mouthed his part and moved his body. What would happen if someone didn't know that the voice was a recording? What if the performer himself said, That was my voice! I can sing beautifully, and I am taking an audition to get a Chazan job with my utterly amazing voice. He would be a laughingstock. He's a fool not to know that he was just going through the motions. So too, one who thinks that he supports himself and does not give Hashem credit is just as much of a fool. We go through the motions, but Hashem is the one who provides. This mashal is absolutely amazing and relevant to each of us. Appropriate Motherly Love Let us return to explain the holy words of the Chobos HaVavos. If your mother has compassion and love for you, it is only because Hashem created those traits and put them inside her. That's where her mercy and love come from. Incidentally, sometimes we unfortunately find, like Eicha 410, the hands of merciful women cooked their children, which seems to be going against our expectation of motherly love and mercy. The simple understanding of the verse is that it is referring to the tocha, rebuke, where it describes punishments given to the Jews for not following the Torah. In such a case, Rahman al-Tzlan, may Hashem protect us, women would be forced to eat their own children to survive. Many commentators see Shla, Shara Osios 46b, and Bali Musar explain that the verse homiletically refers to a mother using misplaced mercy. They read the verse to state, a mother's inappropriate mercy destroys her children. If a mother is excessively and inappropriately merciful towards her children, she causes them damage because they become spoiled and wicked. For example, if a mother sees her teenage son oversleeping in the morning and she neglects to wake him for shachars out of mercy and pity, she has done him a disservice. Some mothers are obsessed with making sure that their son has a parnasa at the expense of his Torah study. These mothers should instead learn Shahar Bitachon and learn to trust in Hashem who will provide. We need to teach our children how to have Bitachon in Hashem and to live a life of emes, of truth.
Thank you for joining me in that excerpt from Wings of Faith, a full elucidation of Shara B'Tofen, spiced with powerful lessons and stories that bring B'Tofen to life, based on Mishurim, or Rav Usher Zeli Rubenstein Zatzal. Learn more and purchase at laveeras.com.